0: Digital Transformation Innovation, it's all about connecting us as humans together and accelerating our ability to do bigger and bolder things than we ever thought possible. It's about transformation. It's really about how emerging digital technologies can help us completely reinvent not only the way that we work, but really what we're able to deliver, what we're able to do. And that includes you know, missions that we have not even been able to think were possible yet.
1: Welcome back to Small Steps, Giant Leaps, a NASA Apple Knowledge Services podcast where we tap into project experiences to share best practices, lessons learned, and novel ideas. I'm Dina Nunley. Digital transformation has been getting a lot of attention across the globe. Some have said that 2020 is arguably the year of digital transformation. Our guest on the show today is Jill Marlowe, who is stepping into a new position this week as the NASA Digital Transformation Officer. Jill, thank you for joining us on the podcast.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm happy to be here.
1: What's all this talk lately at NASA about digital transformation?
0: No, that's quite the buzzword, right? So I always <laughs> like to I always like to kind of ground people in uh, maybe something that they'd be familiar with in their personal lives. So When you think about digital transformation, I'll invite you to think maybe about um, television shows, just as an example, right? You go back, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, um, we always used to sit down at the the same bat time, same bat channel every week and uh, wait for our programming to come. And that was sort of the traditional way we did things. Then over time, we started to get, um, you know, DVDs, DVR, all that kind of stuff. And really all that we were seeing there is that that content was becoming digitized. You could put a a disc into a machine and be able to, to capture all of that. But if you think about now what's happening, really that whole entertainment industry, the idea of a television show has been completely transformed. People are able to, to subscribe to services they're able to binge watch um, television shows. And we have a lot of content that never even gets released anywhere other than on a subscription service. And so all of that was made possible by the digital underlying technology that came to pass in the last couple of decades. And so really, that's what we're talking about is digital help to transform the entertainment industry. And if you peel that onion even a little bit farther, you can think of so many different examples where that's happened in our personal lives. Like another one is just navigation, right? Back in the day, we used to have paper maps. And then it was like the little Garmin thing that you had on your dashboard, which was just a digitized version of maps. But if you think about how we navigate now, pretty much everybody uses an app in their phone, and it takes into account traffic or tolls or Um, You know, in some cases, whether, you know, if you use like Waze, it's where you spot the cops and it'll automatically and dynamically reroute you as you go along. So again, totally transformed the way we think about navigating from point A to point B. So, um, you know, the, the beauty of all of this is as much as we've already seen, just like in those examples that I've given you, it's really just the beginning. There are so many different digital technologies that are coming onto the scene. If you think about automation and robotics and people have heard of big data and analytics and AI and machine learning and just think about shopping on Amazon and the way it's starting to more and more capture who you are and able to suggest products to you. It's really all about all of these technologies that are kind of starting to converge and when they come together, they're creating whole new ways of doing things. And in many cases, products that we never even knew we needed. Just think about the smartphone as an example. I mean, if you had told me some years ago that I was going to need to carry around this device and I would be doing my banking on it and I would be socializing you know, with friends on it. Um, And I would be taking pictures of my meals on it. I would have told you that you had lost your mind. I I just I I couldn't have conceived that I needed that. But now I can't think of leaving the house without it. I don't know about you. I mean, can you imagine navigating modern life without a smartphone in your pocket? (laughs) In no way. I know, right? And I mean, just think about like COVID and how you just this whole experience of going through the pandemic has really changed pieces of our lives and how we've relied on technology for that. For me, it's everything. I mean, I, I use, um, you know, the online shopping with the curbside pickup. I've got my kids FaceTiming with their grandparents. Um, my older kids live out of state. We now have virtual game nights um, on uh, once a week. And I bet we're going to continue that um, after all of this, uh, All of, after all this is over. My youngest does 5Ks. He's using wearables to participate now in virtual 5Ks. And now we've got you know Zoom meetings for scouts and we're doing virtual school. So you can just see all the fingerprints of digital and how that's reinvented those kinds of life experiences. So again, I think we all get the idea of digital transformation. Digital is really transforming and changing our life experience at home almost innately. So you asked the question about what's all this talk about at, at NASA. And it's really all about how we totally understand. I think all of us get this, that as complex as our personal lives seem, the challenges at work can be even more profound. I mean, you know, in, in the employee level, you know, out, you know, every, everybody going to work, we all have things like reports we need to assemble and it's taking forever. You know, the systems aren't maybe friendly or you can't find the information. You don't know who has it in order to pull together maybe something that you've been asked to deliver or you're trying to work with partners outside the agency to get that information, and you're having challenges with sharing information back and forth. There's any number of of those kinds of challenges that that are happening at work. And as challenging as those are, if you think about it at the NASA level, There's sort of enterprise level challenges that are profound as well. And those include, you know, just take, for example, our missions, right? We have even more complex missions than we've ever tried to undertake than ever before, like Artemis, right? On much shorter timelines with a much more complex partnership landscape. And that is that's a real issue. Also, we're trying to work with that aerospace ecosystem that's out there. All of those sea of of industry partners and they are they are changing. They are transforming. They are uh, doing business in different ways all around us. And so for us to work with them, we've got to be, you know, keeping a pace and working in those same ways as well. And so we're recognizing that inside of NASA, some of our sort of 21st century business processes are really not up to the task, because we have legacy systems that we're that we're dependent on, and that brings me to maybe one final enterprise challenge, which is think about all of the talent that's entering the workforce right now. They are really expecting they're digital natives and they are expecting to work and they already live in a digitally enabled world. and so um, if we want to recruit that next generation, we know we're going to we're gonna have to work in these new ways. so um, when, when NASA talks about digital transformation, it's really talking about taking an organizational approach, a, co- you know, a coordinated and concerted effort to really harness all of that emerging technology that we just talked about, but put it into use for us at work so that every one of us can be more efficient and more effective in the work that we're already doing and maybe even enable us to, to go after new missions that really were not possible just a few years ago.
1: So do we have examples of what digital transformation in action looks like at NASA?
0: Well, yeah, actually, I'll go back to COVID. Um, So, uh, you know, think about this. Just six months or so ago, um, maybe trending on seven months now, goodness, um, we couldn't have conceived of like 95% of the agency working virtually. But we have all, you know, figured out how to adopt teams as our collaboration platform, and there have been I mean, it's been hard. I don't want to minimize that that the change that that was. But we did it right. We did it. We had you know, we've been able to carry on. We've delivered some amazing launches and new missions during that time frame with really on the whole, if you take a look at it, minimal disruptions. And not only that, we've done virtual onboarding. Right. We've brought people who have not been on our team previously to with an NASA team as employees, and they've been able to integrate with us without missing a beat. So that's another example. And then there's you know there's some even um, kind of cooler GWiz sexier stuff. We've actually had for Mars perseverance, the folks at uh, KSC and at JPL figured out how to do virtual inspections. So they had folks that were just minimal folks going in and then engineers working at home. We're able to actually use augmented reality, virtual reality types of technologies to be able to do the final inspections of some of that hardware and then just managing those folks that do need to go on site. We've had centers who have taken advantage of using their geographic information system. So all the the knowledge of the digital knowledge of the maps and the buildings that are on center and overlay that with the teams that need to come on site and make sure that we're not putting like too many people in one building at same, at the same time while we're planning all the projects and the people that need to be working together. So lots of different examples during COVID. And in fact um, I, there's a quote that I love The, the Microsoft CEO back in April, actually, um, was talking about how just in April alone, there was more than 200 million Microsoft Teams meeting participants in a single day, and he couldn't have imagined that level of engagement previously. And really, the acknowledgement that, that, that they were talking about was that we've seen two years' worth of digital transformation in just two months at that time due to the pandemic. So I think the pandemic has just, it's been a forcing function for a lot of change. It's not a use case any one of us would have wished for. But it really has shown us that there are new ways of working that we may want to keep and adopt as we look to the future because they're enabling for us. We know we need to work with all kinds of geographically distributed partners, for example, um, going forward. And didn't we just learn how to work with geographically distributed teams? Because at the end, as we're working from home, so many of us, that's what we are right now. We're a geographically distributed team.
1: So what's the agency's strategy for digital transformation,
0: well, so I mean, I think we got to be fair, right? Um, it's digital transformation is not a new thing. Um, we've been talking about it, and, and a lot of folks um, in a lot of organizations, not just NASA, have been leaning into it for quite some time. But um, in reality, that's kind of our challenge. We have had a lot of people across NASA who are already engaged in digital transformation. Um, just the examples that I just listed for COVID are a result of some of those concerted efforts. However, a lot of what we have done has been very distributed, right? It hasn't been connected and integrated well with each other. So we have, we risk um, having silos in developing the new ways that we're working. And also a lot of those efforts have been more what I would call like prototypes or experiments, like trying to see if a particular technology, like say, for example, something in artificial intelligence or machine learning, could be put into good practice for us. And so we've proven those experiments, but we haven't really figured out how to scale them. So where we are now, and you asked what's our strategy for digital transformation is, we are really gonna take a uh, a more um, coordinated approach to looking at enterprise digital transformation. So this is really looking at where are there things that we really ought to be doing in a more coordinated and consistent way across the enterprise, minimize duplication because we don't need, you know, a lot of people trying to figure some of these same things out if we all have a common challenge and then try to figure out how to scale them up. So um, there was a formulation team that has been working actually for a couple of years, uh, doing a lot of benchmarking, both internally and externally. And that team developed six strategic thrusts where NASA really needs to focus as, a, as an enterprise. And I'll just, if you if you want, I can run the, through those thrusts real quickly, Yes, please do. Um, I'll start by talking about what we consider to be sort of our digital foundation. If we're going to lean forward as an enterprise and capitalize on the potential of digital transformation, there's really sort of um, some, some things we have to do as a foundation. The first one of those and the first strategic thrust is data. And um, I'll just say colloquially, this is really all about getting our data house in order. We need to make sure that all the information that we have sprinkled in all the little containers across NASA is findable, it's accessible to the people who need to use it, it's interoperable, and it's reusable. We don't need to be reinventing things for each other. So we have a set of activities and a strategic roadmap under our First Thrust data. The second one is really all about our mindset as people, right? Um, so uh, it's, it's really the thrust is called culture and workforce. But this is really how do we inspire in all of us this idea of a growth mindset? And, it's, um, and what that means is really focusing on not just what I'll call digitizing, the way we're working right now, as in just taking literally whatever it is that we're doing and turning that into something on a computer. It's really thinking about how can the digital technologies really fundamentally transform what we're doing and enable us to do whole different products, just like we talked about with the, with the entertainment industry or the map. So that's really all about our culture and workforce. And there's a component of this too that goes to having a culture that that understands what we really ought to be doing as an enterprise versus local. So that's our second strategic thrust. Our third strategic thrust, and this is in the foundational category, is really sits at that intersection between data and culture and workforce. And it's really all about collaboration. It's how do we engage with each other as people as we do our work and with the data that we all need to get that work done. And so that's the collaboration area. It does include the virtual collaboration platforms, but it also includes how we visualize um, our data. So things like augmented and virtual reality um, fit into this one as well. So that's our three foundational strategic thrusts. Then we have two strategic thrusts that we consider to be more in the enabler zone. So the first one of those is model-based everything. So it's kind of a, um, a, a kitschy title for, for this area, but it's really all about how we recognize that the world is getting more complex, demanding us to work um, much faster. Um, there's a much more demand for, um, for accuracy and at least understanding where we have uncertainty in our work and also um, understanding that we're going to have to change. We're going to have to pivot. You might be moving in one direction today and you might be asked to kind of uh, shift to a different thrust or different a different goal tomorrow. So all of those things, actually, humans have a real hard time keeping up with when you start scaling them up. And we recognize that digital models really can help us. And a lot of us are using them in our work already. But the idea of model-based everything is that if we kind of take a look across the board and think about where use of digital models can really help people do their job and then start connecting those models together into more of a model-based enterprise, it will really improve our throughput. So that's that that first enabling strategic thrust, model-based everything. And then the next one is artificial intelligence and machine learning. So this is where we're really talking about how do we all that data that I talked about? We're going to get that data house in order. Well, imagine if we could actually use AI and machine learning on top of that to extract new insights out of that data. So much data that humans really have a difficult time seeing sometimes some of the some of the interesting features. And we know this technology can help us do that. So that's the two enabling strategic thrusts. And then at the very top of our uh, strategic thrust pyramid, if you can visualize um, building that in, in, in your mind, Sits process transformation, and that's really all about how we take those foundational layers and those enablers, and really completely reinvent and transform the way that we work. And that's what we mean by processes. It's just no, you know, just just nomenclature for the way that we're working. And so, really, what we're driving at there is is finding efficiency and effectiveness in everything that people do, and how do we go after that as an enterprise. So those are the six uh, strategic thrusts, and they form the basis of the strategy that we'll be pursuing as we go forward.
1: How will the engineering community experience this digital transformation?
0: Well, so I'm an engineer by training, uh, and uh, so that's a question that's near and dear to my heart. Um, mm-hmm. So what I would say is, you know, engineers, really, if you think about the way that uh, that we work, they're going to experience um, progress because they actually do all they, they need all six of those strategic thrusts that I just talked about. So if you just think about it first, uh, you know, engineers, they're constantly thinking about how to improve or optimize the way that they do things. And that's really process transformation. Right. That's the first thing. And everything they do, they do in teams. Well, that's really collaborating and you know really what they're trying to do when they gather in teams is really come up with new solutions to problems and that's really that growth mindset that i talked about in the culture thrust They're also oftentimes using models um, to kind of start projecting what might be possible. And so that's obviously in the model based everything. And all of that uh, uh, modeling that they're doing is generating all kinds of data. So there you go. And in the future, we know that, that as we look at all of those sea of data and we're looking especially at things like interdisciplinary and transdisciplinary work where we're really getting into the complex systems that are gonna be the hallmark of our engineering going forward. AI and machine learning can really help us to tease out, I think, um, more of the capability of the system than we've been able to. So I really think engineers are likely to experience and drive advances across all six of our digital transformation thrusts. But there is one thrust in particular that I really think that the engineering community is probably going to be um, a lot in a, a lot of the driver's seat on and really experience advances. And that is that model based everything arena. Um, really, if you go back to the work of the formulation team that I talked about in digital transformation, that whole recommendation, came from recognizing that um, the engineering community has been using modeling in their work for a very long time. And they started to to latch on to the idea of model-based systems engineering as an integrator for all of that work. And so this notion that um, you've got model-based systems engineering, working at the front end to kind of define requirements and drive them down and then integrate the models coming back up from all of the, the design engineering work. And then below that, below design engineering into the discipline engineering communities. And then as you're as we're doing all of that engineering work and building out the systems, you've got mission assurance coming along on the back end, kind of that bookend to systems engineering. That whole model for how the engineering community is trending toward the future and really working to integrate and become an integrated engineering enterprise that's all predicated on a modeling environment, that was sort of the inspiration for saying, you know what, engineering isn't the only environment where we know that that we need to work in this way. If you think about it, we use models in a lot of different other areas, maybe in some cases, not as aggressively, But if we did, imagine for a moment if we modeled our workforce. Imagine if we modeled our facility health as robustly as we do some of these other areas. And imagine them coming together and an engineering uh, director, for example, being able to use those kinds of models on the institutional side to forecast where the capability needs to go next. And then imagine in our program and project management realm, much more robust schedules uh, models and, and risk models and resource models and being able to do what-if scenario planning not only based on technical requirements but really on the integration of all of the, um, the, the schedule risk and the other variables that, that they need to keep up with. maybe even getting into things like what's the vulnerability of our supply chain if we're planning to outsource some things and what would a model of that, you know, end up uh, telling us about our ability to maybe deliver something on time. So you can see the the idea of modeling. It's got a lot of tentacles, right? Um, where it's 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 weaving its way into all of the different functions that we're doing across NASA, really providing an information backbone and a decision making backbone for us to work together and make decisions together. And really, the engineering community is right there front and center. And again, some of the inspiration for how we could maybe not only work in these ways within the engineering. community community, but take it
1: NASA-wide. And so what other changes or impact do you think employees can expect?
0: Well, so I think, you know, I've kind of been hanging up at the 100,000 foot level more in the vision camp, right? Um, So what I think employees will maybe experience right out the gate are some of what we're calling the early wins. So um, I mentioned that we're seeing a lot of prototyping happening across the agency. And what we're doing right now is we're sort of in the process of kind of doing an agency scan to look at some of the exemplars um, that that have been demonstrated out there. And harvesting those and figuring out where some of those exemplars could really have a broader impact um, if they were introduced to the larger community. So in the model-based engineering area, we've got some proposals that we're looking at that are really looking at how do we integrate engineering environments across NASA, because sometimes we use different environments across different centers. Um, so we're, they might be involved in a prototype to look at uh, a multi-center environment there. Um, we've got some, uh, some proposals on the table to look at extending the use of MBSE, um, really trying to push it more toward ac- adoption across the entire lifecycle. We've got um, some other uh, proposals on the table that are really looking at advancing multi-physics and interdisciplinary tools, um, really pushing them on- onto next-generation computer platforms, the GPU-based platforms. And we've got some uh, prototypes and proposals on the table for using AI and machine learning to mine lessons learned from past projects. So as you're working, um, you know the AI assistant would be monitoring what you're doing, and then in real time suggesting back to you that uh, that perhaps um, you know there's a lesson learned on a past project that you're about to trip on. So those would be some of the early things. Is that um, the community would uh, would be hearing about those prototypes and. Um, maybe even getting to participate in them, and of course, we are always inviting people to come forward with uh, with their ideas a little bit longer term um, what we're really aiming for is to integrate um, all of our efforts across NASA at the enterprise level where that makes sense and And so what they might start seeing is an alignment of some of those foundational building blocks, like, for example, maybe access to an intelligent search tool that would help locate information across all of NASA. So um, that's kind of more longer term. Um, There's also things like robotic process automation. Um, that could be kind of like a digital coworker and take care of some of the more mundane parts of of, of your job, um, including things like uh, maybe extracting information out of the work that you're doing and sort of automatically generating a monthly um, a monthly status report. Or even better than that, eliminate the concept of a monthly status report and provide a window into our work um, so that you know senior leaders don't need the dreaded monthly briefings to be able to understand that work is on is on track. Right? We would have more real time and dynamic ways to do that. Right. And the
1: crowd goes wild.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a dream. We don't dare to dream, right? That's exactly
1: it. (laughs) There you go. Jill, what are some tangible ways that digital transformation will help NASA expand its capability to explore the moon, Mars, and beyond?
0: Oh, gosh. So this is like a kid in a candy store for me Um, (laughs) because the possibilities really are endless. There's tons. I mean, we have a lot of challenges before us if we're really going to, put humans on Mars, um, and beyond. So it comes down to how we decide our priorities and those enterprise conversations that we need to have to help us focus on those. But You know, fundamentally, we know that Artemis is going to happen through working with a wide array of partners to achieve what we're doing. And so we're curating that ecosystem. And so, you know, a tangible way that digital transformation will help with that is really in that collaboration arena. How can we collaborate that with them? How can we share the data that that we need and start to engage as a a partnership there um, in ways that we haven't been able to before? You know, the next thing for Artemis is... um, Everybody knows that is an aggressive schedule. Right. Um, And so digital transformation can enable different kinds of process transformations. just ways to reinvent the way that we work. Like I just talked about maybe showing real time progress of our work in dashboards using data aggregators instead of having to generate all of those monthly reports, which takes a couple of days out of out of every month. You know, we're also we know you we know, talk back to schedules, we know we're going to need to do everything faster. It's not just about the the reporting. Um, it's really about everything, right? Like, we're going to have to do procurements faster, we're going to have to hire team members faster, we're going to have to actually do facility maintenance faster. And Make sure that we don't have a lot of downtime. So imagine just for a moment of a of a project manager who could get an instant status on a procurement from a chat bot instead of waiting for, you know, some overworked person in procurement to try to look it up for them. Or same thing on a on a hiring status, um, or even from a hiring perspective, imagine having like an AI assistant that could kind of use natural language processing to do a first pass on resumes and really help understand in the language that those those uh, potential candidates used um, really who would have the right skills that you would be interested in that would be a huge time saver, or maybe a facility manager who's got the facility instrumented with uh you know internet of Things sensors to get. Some early alerts on a, on a failing part and having them be able to prevent some kind of catastrophic failure in the facility that had it going down for months and causing schedule delays. So it's not just engineering, right? These kinds of things can really help across the board. And then finally, if you think about kind of that uh, ultimate goal of going to Mars, we know there's still physics that need to be conquered. Um, things like radiation protection and human-scale entry, descent, and landing to to be able to land on Mars. And solving those challenges, you know, some of the, especially those multi-physics where we can't really replicate the conditions on Earth, that's going to require more and more advanced modeling and simulation and multi-physics approaches. And so when you think about the digital transformation and the focus on modeling uh, advances and even AI and machine learning, to help us get uh, insights out of all of that, those things I think could really be enablers for where we want to go as well. So again, any number of possibilities for how digital transformation can really advance and help us move the ball forward on Artemis but we're not going to be able to do everything. I want to make sure that I'm not promising the sun, moon, and the stars, and maybe even Mars, since you asked the question in that way. Um, But we, we have to have conversations about where we choose to focus. What are the most important things that we need to go after in order to move our team forward and do the great things we've been asked to do?
1: How do you expect the agency's digital transformation efforts to affect innovation?
0: Yeah. So that's a really, really good question. Um, And uh, actually uh, somewhat topical. Just a few weeks ago, we actually held a digital transformation hackathon, which was sort of a flash innovation event. I mean, actually, that's literally what we called it. And what it looked like was we had about 200 or so folks from across NASA come together in a virtual environment, all collaborating in just one day, like literally only one day on how we could capitalize on some digital advances to be able to um, move our mission forward. So for example, um, some of the things that they were able to do in just one day was a science discovery engine where they were sucking in information literature from all across NASA and beyond and using a natural language processor to, to curate out who was working uh, in various topics and how those information could get synthesized together um, to come up with maybe some new hypotheses. Um, another one, and I've, br- I've touched on this briefly already, was using AI and machine learning to, uh, to mine NASA's lessons learned. Um, And so, you know, taking advantage, really, if you think about that flash innovation event and the virtual environment, what we were doing was gathering people who otherwise would not have met. Right. They wouldn't have been assigned to a team together. They wouldn't have necessarily had that opportunity and taking advantage of all of their expertise and unique experiences from across the agency. And just for a brief, you know, very agile snapshot in time, got them to focus on a different on a different challenge. And really, very rapidly, they were able to come up with some ideas and some breakthroughs um, for how DT could actually, digital transformation could actually help move the agency forward. And because we had so many perspectives in the room doing that, really, the ideas they came up with were much more holistic and meaningful, meaning they would be relevant to a lot more people. And so that's really, you know, if you think about it, that virtual environment and how they did that, that's kind of like digital transformation powering innovation, doing innovation in a, in a very different way. Um, but um, I will say that th- there's sort of a, there's a bigger answer to your question um, about what's the relationship between digital transformation and innovation. And, and that is that at the end of the day, Digital transformation is all about that second word in the DT phrase. It's about transformation. It's really about how emerging digital technologies can help us completely reinvent not only the way that we work, but really what we're able to deliver, what we're able to do. And that includes you know, missions that we have not even been able to think were possible yet. So... It, you know, again, digital transformation innovation—it's all about connecting us as humans together and accelerating our ability to do bigger and bolder things than we ever thought possible. And that's innovation, right at the end of it. So that's—that's. That's, uh, I think there's a they are are almost like you know, you can't see me crossing my fingers, but they're—they're they're like that. They're right there together.
1: Jill, it's really been fun getting to talk with you and hear about all the exciting things that are happening around NASA's digital transformation efforts.
0: Uh, it's, it's been my pleasure. It was great talking to you
1: today, Dina. Do you have any closing thoughts?
0: I just uh, would invite everybody to, uh, to think about um, how digital has changed your life at home and then think about what you wish it could do for you at work. And when you have those ideas and that energy to help solve the problem, come join us on the Digital Transformation Journey. It's about all of us working together.
1: You'll find links to topics discussed on the show and related Apple courses along with Jill's bio and a transcript of today's episode at apple.nasa.gov podcast. We invite you to take a moment and subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends and colleagues about it. If you'd like to hear more interviews and stories about what's happening at NASA, check out other NASA podcasts at nasa.gov podcasts. As always, thanks for listening to Small Steps, Giant Leaps.